greetings and welcome to another episode of 30 minutes with mark i'm your host mark gotunia and before i go very further into the episode i'd like to say a very warm thank you for everyone who tuned in and listened to the previous podcast uh, episode that i did with warda i've had a very positive feedback about it so if you haven't listened to that one please go back it's just one episode before this one but it was really a very cool uh, conversation and i love that uh, you have decided to engage with it the way you have engaged with it so thank you very much and before we continue very further my producer can you do that thing again beautiful so we can start and i would like to start today's episode from uh this um today's news not necessarily news but um an information that i came across and this was the rating of the album ethos by aq and brimo so aq is a nigerian rapper and brimo as well is a singer and these two were former members of chocolate city uh, even though they i think brimo left as early as 2013 if i'm not mistaken somewhere there after he released his work then um, son of a carpenter but he has been moving solo for a long time and aq as well has had his own side of things doing so what happened was pals rated this particular project at 9.9 out of 10 in their rating that it is actually a very if not a perfect record and last pals nigeria did this it was in 2013 so it has been 9 years and we haven't had a 9.9 rated project quite a fantastic way to view it and in as much as i enjoy these two artists right uh, brimo and aq i have a very different take on the album ethos and this is the basis of my argument right you can have two very good artists individually and when you combine them uh normal wisdom right will be when you combine two very great artists who are very good at their craft they are going to produce a very nice body of work but again but for this particular case of brimo and aq i don't think that was such a very nice combination or oh, that theory holds water here because when you look at these two artists they are very diverse as much as in they are very good artists one is a very good rapper another is a very good singer of course and music arranger he's a very nice vocalist and that is brimo but combining their talents now is very tricky um having them sing together in as much as you want to listen to them they are very different and unless as a producer you tend to employ different techniques across your beats to suit the needs of these two artists 
you are not really going to be doing justice to uh, the works that they do. And that is the thing that happened here. I'm not saying that these are the producers or whoever did this particular work didn't really do a very great job. It was really a nice project to experiment on, but not necessarily the music in it. The music in it slightly feels a little bit kind of off-ish, and it's not as great as, let's say, for example, Behold the Lamb, which Behold the Lamb combines AQ, MI, Luz Canon, and that particular project, in as much as it contains four people in it, sounds very, very, very nice. Uh, I'm really going to be recommending that you listen to Behold the Lamb, because I think in terms of like the hip hop landscape, we haven't seen something of that particular nature, of course, coming out of Nigeria for a very long time. So definitely that is a project to look out for, and it is really nicely crafted. Right, and it sounds beautiful, for lack of a better word. I love that particular record, and I love AQ in that particular record, not necessarily in this new record that he has done with Brimo. And Behold the Lamb has AQ, it has Mia Baga, and it has Black Bones. And in that particular project, the way they attack the themes is really something to be praised. I'm not going to be saying a lot about it, but honestly speaking, if you really want to have a fresh take and a very good music. You really want to listen to Behold the Lamb. And not necessarily, you might want to listen to Ethos because you want to listen to the experimentation that went behind it and the effort, of course, of trying to combine these two artists. But beyond that, the music doesn't really stick. And in as much as these two artists are termed as philosophers in their own right, that alone doesn't uh, give you the best body of work. And I saw that was the main point that was being raised by the writer of the Pulse article. You need, really need to have the music sticking. You need to have the music in place. And by the music, I mean the combination of both the sound and the beats to be in cohesion with the vocals of the artists. And you really don't hear that that much in this particular body of work. So I think that 9.9 .9 out of 10 is highly exaggerated and not necessarily a value that reflects um, honesty, you know, and honesty is a subjective word when it comes to music. But I don't really think it's a value that honestly uh, goes in as much as describing how this particular body of work did actually appear and was uh, worked and presented. But then again, on the positive side, right, music critics have a very diverse, I might say, uh, way of consuming music or the material that they do. And... Um, Again, some of these songs might really not be stuff that a normal listener will likely gravitate towards or like, but music critics will say that these particular albums tend to break certain barriers. These particular albums tend to sound, or oh, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for these kinds of artists to make 
this particular mode of work. And that alone informs the decision of how important that particular piece of work or body of work is significant to the culture. Now, those arguments are sometimes too deeper to be fitted on, you know, maybe a 10 minutes, 15 minutes max article. So it is somehow tricky to get to beyond uh, the critics' mindset when they were writing about these particular reviews. That's why some of these, you really need to take them with a grain of salt, of course. Uh, and if you can listen to the body of work, you listen to it and reach the conclusion on your own right. And I think having an opinion about a piece of music that you want to listen is important. And is it like as important as any other aspect of the music? I think that is subjective and everyone has their own taste and they decide and pick what they feel to be a proper body of work. The days of having, let's say, a website like Pitchfork dictating the taste or setting out the taste, of course, they are still there. But you can't um, pinpoint exactly uh, the effects or the part that they play in the music landscape currently because a lot of people have a way to find uh, music in different places that they're being released and sometimes even faster than some of these big publications. So pretty much, again, I think I talked about this in one of the episodes that are prior and maybe going forward, I'm just going to find a way to uh, maybe have somebody and talk about this particular subject of especially music critique or even a body or work of art critiquing by somebody who does that particular job and how they tend to approach that particular subject. So that was my small take, slightly longer, about this particular body of work. And I have personally listened to Brymo and uh, enjoyed his work, uh, his very recent album. It is a great album. It is a good, is it a great album or a good album? I think I might say it is a good album in comparison to say, uh, for example, Essen, his last year's project, because he, he has also been releasing works back to back, which is something that he isn't known for. You know, Brymo takes a little bit of time before he releases another body of work. And this was also a strange thing, uh, having these two people who write music very, very intentionally, releasing bodies of work back to back. It might be, you know, the music quality suffered because of the project, the way they were arranged. That is definitely maybe a thing that you might want to think about, but not necessarily sometimes, but sometimes it might be playing a part in the grand scheme of things. So pretty much that on the AQ and Brymo Ethos album, as reviewed by Pulse, and I think, uh, and why I think the number 9.9 out of 10, the rating is pretty much flawed. And it doesn't necessarily reflect on how great the album is as the writer had intended it to be. So we also had an MI released project since we are on the subject of music. MI released The Guy, yeah? He's very new, body of work, of course, um, after 
sometime. Uh, I think is it after Judas Judah EP. I think after Judah EP, and of course uh, the very recent project that he did with um, AQ Black Bones and uh, himself. You know, three people in there. Behold the Lamb, and this is honestly a very different MI. Um, I have been a fan of MI since Young Denzel. You know, I've listened to his project since uh, MI2, I think. Um, and that is way, way back in his catalog. And this is the first time that I'm hearing a very different vibe uh, across his body of work. And in as much the work feels very personal to him, you know, he wanted, maybe I might say, uh, doing work for himself now, like a project that he is personally going to enjoy and love. And that makes total sense. Uh, the project sounds a little bit different, uh, not necessarily like the MI that we got out of Young Denzel, that storytelling. But there is a constant cointos uh, that is a signature thing that I've found in this particular album. Um, and um, in as much as I would say MI still wanted to um, cement his position as one of the greats in the African continent. Because I remember when uh, the Kendrick Lamar album dropped, uh, he said, like, why do people don't rate him as much? And I think maybe this might be that particular statement, like, look at the work that I've done currently. And um, I might say that it is tricky, you know, and as much as I understand that MI is in a position to do a work that he really wants and let it speak for itself, you know, and not necessarily trying to prove anything to anyone. Uh, still, those tendencies tend to happen. So if you haven't listened to The Guy uh, by MI, it, is, it just came out last Friday. Yes, just this last Friday. It is going to be, you know, a very different sound if you are a constant MI fan. And let me know if you listen to uh, the project, uh, what were your sentiments and what did you think of it overall? Interestingly enough, we're still remaining on the music side. I just want to finish with this one. Uh, Mario, a very nice, talented musician, right? From TZ over the past week has released or if you count he has had a total of five not five four uh tracks that he has been featured in released you know from jukes the platform uh to country boy and barnaba so he says he still has one more uh featured record uh that is supposed to be released and then after that he's going to go back to normal mode no more collaborations till maybe 2023 and the interesting thing is this mario is becoming so good in his features you can tell the guy is working extremely hard to improve and definitely perform better in the tracks that he has been featured. In all the tracks that he has been featured, I think three out of those four 
are really, really dope tracks that I've honestly enjoyed. And one of those tracks, the one with Platform, that he was featured by Platform, is significantly a better, way, way better track. Even the one that he did with Country Boy, it is an amazing, amazing track. The flow in that one that he did with Country Boy and the singing, the one that he did with Platform, they're just amazing and magical. The thing, though, is how they were released. They had been released back to back to back. And there has really been, like, maybe maybe a condition, uh, something that I've come to learn just this afternoon, that Mario had maybe set this set of rules that his uh, releases that he has been featured need to be released at a certain time. And this had happened with uh, the track that he did with Mapanchi BMB. You know, <laughs> that is a completely different story. But I'm just going to give you that glimpse of that particular story. So Mapanchi had... Uh, wanted to work with Mario, according to Mario, over a very long period of time. And Mario is actually a fan of the guy. But they didn't have a proper track, a proper track to work together on. So it had taken time, you know, till they found that particular track. And this track was just a live rendition that Mapanch Baby was doing. And when Mario saw that, he said, I want to work with you on that particular track because I think I'm going to sound better and good in that particular track. So they did an arrangement, send the track to him, he recorded it, and then time passed between the releasing of the track and when it was recorded and, you know, the video shoot and all that. So apparently Mario's team has filed for like a copyright claim and the track has been removed out of YouTube crazy right because i think the whole team that did the track that is like the bampanchi team is one team the producer is his friend also mario's friend um uh Mapanchi himself he's also has a stake on the song that he did but somehow mario flagged it for copyright infringement and the track was nowhere to be found but i think with time if proper evidence is submitted to youtube the track is going to be released anyway. But if it's not going to be released, then Mapanchi still has a way of doing his own track with his own vocals and still make it a very good, good track. Because from the get-go, the track was amazing. And Mario himself loved it. And it is interesting and sort of like understandable or the dynamics of artists that... They want to overperform, sometimes doubt themselves in certain capacities. And it is understandable that that might happen. But when it happens at this particular scale, it's like you kind of like kill the vibe, you know, sort of kill the vibe. But yeah, it is what it is at the end of the day. Let's see what conspires in between this one, because... It's the first case that I hear an artist wanting to uh, have a track released in a certain time frame uh, because they want it to be released even though they're a featured act. You know, because one of the claims that Mario had was, I have become better. You know, I have changed. My writing has changed. So why do you plan to release a track that is actually maybe a subpar track with comparison to 
the efforts I'm currently doing and the direction that I'm doing. But then again, it is music. It's people. You know, stuff like this seems to happen. And it has happened. So let's see. Wait and see what happens after this one. Yesterday was a very good day for Lewandowski. Yeah? He is now playing for Barcelona FC. Barcelona FC that has had quite a crazy um, run financially. Right? And uh, Lewandowski scored two goals. It was his 35th birthday yesterday. And he had scored two goals as Barcelona won 4-1 against Real Sociedad. And it was quite a nice match, a nice opener for Roberto Lewandowski. The thing about this particular story, or the thing about Lewandowski, is he left Bayern. And upon um, uh, the look right, of why did this particular guy had to leave Bayern Munich, a team that he has served over a very long time, of course, scoring enough goals uh, and winning that FIFA award, yeah, just after COVID. Uh, this article that I came across was that as much as he had done all that for Bayern, he is a goal machine and he wants to score. He wants to be the playmaker. So I'm like, okay, his goals are very clearly aligned. He wants to become the best scorer, maybe having a Ballon d'Or to himself. And I think we are going to be seeing a very interesting challenge this year of him trying to really maybe become the top scorer in the La Liga and hopefully scoring that um, Ballon d'Or. But it is crazy because uh, you have Haaland as well, playing for Man City, who has had um, enough goals for himself uh, up to this particular point. I think he had scored in the past two or not, if not three matches, and it's quite looking like a good, a good, good competition. And Manchester United, <laughs> my friends, uh, they are playing, uh, I think, in the next... Uh, the match has already started, but they're playing uh, today against Liverpool, uh, a match that is definitely going to be very, very interesting. But yeah, that is that. Is there anything more? Oh, the good news or the big news in the, in the Tanzanian landscape. And this, my friend, my listener, is... One for the books. Government levies. Tozo. There have been so many of these, like the new enforcement of the new law, that every transaction out of the bank, every transaction out of your mobile money operator has to be... You have to cut a certain percentage of it and take it to the government. So sometimes in some transactions, you're looking up to, at up to 15% between changing money from your bank to your mobile money operator and removing it. So having hard cash is 
a serious problem, but it doesn't end there. Sending that particular cash is also going to cost you. But not only that, withdrawing that particular cash is going to cost you extra levies. And these levies um, took effect in July or this month. I think they took, they, took, they took effect this month. It has been crazy, like looking back at it. And um, we are still here, hoping that something changes in, in a not so long future because the costs have become unbearable. I remember when the banks were famous because when mobile money operators were doing their job, really that opened up a very interesting gap in the financial inclusion. People could send money via their phones, receive it, send it, you know, and spend it. So the banks really had a very small room or significance to an everyday kind of customer. But what had happened was when the government imposed levies on the mobile money operators to send, receive, and all that, there was less and less costs for banks. So people sort of like shifted to the banks and it was because banks were cheaper to operate than your mobile money operator. And then after, I think it has been only 12 months, after that, the government now imposes new levies on banks, right, to the clients. So that particular cost of sending money via a bank, you have to pay it. So you pay normal operational costs to the bank, and then you pay that extra levy on top of that particular transaction that goes to the government. Quite a significant amount of money. So it is on the mobile money operators, and it is also on the banks now. So it's a level playing field. Everybody is cutting. And now the banks cannot charge less, the mobile money operators cannot charge less, and the government cannot charge less. So what is the best alternative to that? The best alternative to that is take all the money that you have, put it on the safe in your room, and stay with it. All these um, forward-thinking solutions, when it came to um, this issue of uh, money and transactions, likely the technology is going to go very low. You know, the innovations that we are going, the services that we are being impacted are definitely going to be dipping down. But that is the role of a government. Sometimes it looks around and sees greener pastures. Oh, let's go and make money out of that. And they go, make money out of that and makes the life of everyone else miserable. That, my friend, is the role of the government in a third world country, making life a little bit harder for a low-class citizen and a little bit easier for the leaders. So, till next time, I was your host, Mark Gojonier. Let me know what you think about the subject that we've talked today at my social medias at mcingotonia that is on twitter and wherever you listen to this particular podcast if you haven't subscribed please do subscribe 
the content is coming out a little bit more frequently now so tell a friend to tell a friend as well and enjoy this particular one together till next time take care for yourself and if you're in tanzania see if there is a possibility of you to stay with your money like cash and don't take that advice because i am not a financial advisor bye bye